The Sports Zilla Show starts now. Okay, another car ride, another opportunity to practice my DJ ramp ups. 95.5 WPET, you got Peter the Riff Griff shocking you and rocking you while I'm sitting here talking to you. It's 75 and sunny, which means our street squad's going to be out looking for them super stickers. If you don't got one, get down to Linoleum Depot this Saturday from 9 to 2. I'll be there hooking you up. Slap one on your car, win 100 bucks. Now I'm looking around and I'm seeing the spin doctors with not one, but two princes. Nailed it. I'm going to throw you now to Weenie in the Butt in the afternoon. Weenie in the Butt in the afternoon. <laughs> the afternoon. Oh, my God. WQHG. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You're listening to the radio. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. If you're peeking and you're creeping on twitch.tv, you'll subscribe to Q Sports Talk. Watch us there. SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Well, You'll see Nick Ailes. You'll see Tiff in studio with us today. Scoop and Rain ready to roll. Checking your chicken again, Scoop. How are you? Hanging. Hanging? Good. Heard about Mr. Peanut? Uh, isn't there a prop bet regarding him or something? Actually, they, Super Bowl? they killed him. He's like 104 years old. He's a roasted peanut now. This is like a Super Bowl ad. It's been all over social media. Have you seen it, Nick? I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. You've heard about it. It's yeah. that's that's where it's at. Some people are straight up obsessed with this, and others have at least heard about it. But if you've been on social media of any form, or I guess had a conversation, getting a cup of coffee or whatever, walking around at work, people are talking about this. I thought I would just share a little snippet of this with you. I'm just tonight. Mr. Peanut, oh, driving along. Goes down a cliff. Oh, oh, Cliffhanger. Oh. Matt, let go. No, you let go. Hey, Mr. Peanut, no, you don't. Don't do it, Mr. Peanut. No! no. <gasps> Dad. Maybe he'll be all right. Killed him off. Burst into flames. Maybe not. It's now roasted peanut. That, that's basically it. However, you can go to my Twitter at KRugRade. You can go to at ESPN Sportzilla on Twitter or just go on Twitter or social media and you will see anywhere that that is posted and or shared, retweeted or whatever, the comments are absolutely worth your time. The puns, the dad jokes and everything else, I, I could go on and on. Trust me, if this can go so many places, if you get a few minutes, if you do it later, Scoop, I'm warning you, you've talked about getting sucked into into the little rabbit holes and into yeah, things. Yeah. This will suck you in. You're like, am I still for 20 minutes reading about the death of Mr. Peanut? Okay, I, I don't. I don't know if I'll fall into that wormhole, <laughs> but it could happen. Or maybe I'm just hoping that you will. Syracuse had a big win against Notre Dame on the road. I think they've now avenged all of their ACC losses so far. What a turnaround this season! Great turnaround and just an amazing, exciting game. <laughs> you know. One point last time, two points this time, a couple of barn burners. Yeah, it really has been. I, I'm amazed at the fact that Joe Girard led the team in rebounding. It was an issue, so who gets inside and gets it done and leads the team? JG3. Of course, he hit all of his free throws. Struggled a little bit from the field, but he hit some shots. But overall, I mean, Parama did his job. Marek Dolajai did his job. Eli Hughes did what Eli Hughes does, dropped 26. 
Outstanding. Outstanding to see this. It's interesting how we have seen the Orange get these leads and then sort of lose the lead, let the team back in the game. But what we saw last night was that happened. But but then at one point, I think they got like the next 10 points. I mean, they're, they're responding. The Orange are responding to that. It's a little nerve-wracking. I don't want this to happen, uh, you know, as a matter of course, and it kind of is. Maybe that's the next step for this team is figuring out how to hold a lead and play better with the lead. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's just the way basketball is now with everybody putting down threes. It's so easy to come back quickly. I think they've done that for the most part. I mean, they, they've done something now in avenging some of these er- losses earlier in the season by somehow escaping with wins. I mean, obviously, Notre Dame closed the gap as the game went on, and it became a nail-biter. For a while, it was a, it was a pretty solid, I mean, double-digit lead at one point. Yeah. But then you get to the end of the game, 84-82. But that rebounding and just a lot of the little things we've all been we've all been talking about, not just here on the Sports Ill Show, but all of us fans and everybody else, you're just seeing those slight little improvements in certain areas of the game, offensively and defensively. Jim's alluded to that. Jim always gives you the standard coach response, so we got to get better. I mentioned that yesterday. But, yeah, you're really starting to see it. And those are the differences. That's the difference between the loss and the win a lot of times. It's a, a possession or two here or there going your way, a bounce, a shot, a rebound. Things like that matter. A stop on defense. I mean, I could go on, but you know what I'm saying. We were so disappointed in the orange, meaning when I say we – Fans in general, Mm -hmm. they were so down early in the season. And we kind of alluded to it. Hey, these guys need to learn. There's a growth curve here. And gosh, haven't we? Isn't it fun to see them get better? They're getting coaching. They're responding. They're trying little wrinkles. You know, this is the coaching staff, too. Trying these little wrinkles, some different things, putting in some lineups at key moments to make things happen. And you're seeing that growth curve. You're seeing this development right in front of your eyes over these last four games. It's amazing. Yeah, when you have Barama Sidibe with 12.6 out of 6 from the field, that means you're getting points in the paint, and you don't just have to score the three-pointer. That's a very good thing for Syracuse. Buddy Beheim just wanted to put this out there. Matt Gutierrez from The Athletic, who, of course, I always read his stuff, he uh, he told himself before Syracuse had played Virginia that he wouldn't get a haircut until the Orange lost again. Well, they're now 4-0 since, and his hair is as long as it's basically been in a while. And he said, I could really use a haircut. Or was that Julie Beheim going, buddy, cut your hair? No, I doubt Julie said anything <laughs> to him. But uh, moving on to the Twitter account that I've highlighted before, did JG3 miss a free throw? If you're not paying attention to this, so the NBA is the best players in the world. Since 1946, there's been one player that has finished with a season, finished a season with a higher free throw percentage than Joe Girard. And I'm going to give you those numbers. So in 0809, it was uh, Calderon, Jose Calderon, 98.05. And this year, Joe Girard, 96.15. From the free throw line, yes, he's special. I would agree with that. You're just, you're seeing something you don't see a lot. There's, Good free throw shooters. There's great free throw shooters. And then there's this guy who is amongst one of the best ever. He just doesn't miss. He's other level. Yeah. And you know, the, again, we got to see 
a good free throw shooting night, 14 is 17 for the Orange. And, you know, making most of those free throws goes a long way to winning games. I mean, this is a two point game. So they're important. You got Buddy and Elijah might be one of the most dangerous combos or duos as far as shooting the three pointer in the country. I mean, these two guys, it, it's spectacular what they're doing in the ACC. Yesterday, I showed you that there's a 40, a 43, a 40 plus 40 differential between them and second place. Between those two players in Louisville, I forget their names off the top of my head, but I had it in front of me yesterday. That, that's significant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those two have made 40 more free throws than the next closest duo on any other you, team. You free throws or three? Uh, three threes. I'm yeah. sorry. If I said free throws, three pointers. It's just, I mean, it's a remarkable statistic. It jumps off the page at you. Uh, all these things are, are adding up to a resurgent team, and we doubted Bayheim. I'm talking about Jim now, but he just, he's, he knows. He knows more than we do. We've got to accept that. And some some of us still get on his case, but he's still got it. He's still pushing the right buttons. He is, and there is a lot of proof out there, if you really want to read up on it, that he is great at adjustments in the second half and putting the players in the right positions, figuring things out during the course of a game. If it doesn't get executed by the players, even Jim said that to us the other day, that's that the player's got to execute the calls or the plays that he designs or the defensive schemes or how to tweak the 2-3 zone. We've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's it's some obvious stuff, but we forget about it because we let our emotions get involved in it. Coach Beheim is very good of putting the team in the best position for a win. Now, the, you got to hope sometimes the guy on the other team doesn't make the shot, but he's going to do everything possible with – a lineup or whatever, to make it as difficult for that guy to make the shot. He's still got to make the play, and he could make the play. But that's the cool thing, the caginess of Coach Beheim is that he will do things that kind of surprise you, little wrinkles. There's just so much basketball knowledge up there. And uh, just over the last four games, we've seen that as well. I'm not going to sit here and claim I'm an expert. He's forgotten more basketball than I will ever know in my entire life. I'm not even claiming that I know a lot to begin with, but in Bayheim we trust. At least I do. So I followed this dude named James, and he followed us back at ESPN Sportzilla. And just wanted to throw you his suite out there. He kind of surmised a few things, 12-7, and 7, right, overall in the ACC. I mean, I could get this information anywhere, but I'm quoting his tweet, so... Uh, they're eight and four at home, four and one on the road, zero oh and two on neutrals. As far as quadrant wins, three and three, quadrant one, two, they're one and four, three, they're one and zero, oh, quadrant four, seven and zero. Oh. Basically, what I'm saying is they're giving themselves a chance at the dance at some point, based on what they've been doing. This resurgence is it's fantastic to see. Sports Illustrated show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. You can watch us always. Q Sports Talk Twitch TV is where to go free with an Amazon Prime account. But I do have to just bring up one thing. One last thing. Noon's Magician. Kind of fun. A lot of us have seen it if we're fans. They have the Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker. Yeah, I, I'm trying to make sense of this. I'm going to break this down for you a little bit. So basically, there is like the the inception, so to speak, of this. They asked the question, what kind of Jim Beheim inception is it when the Heimer has a jacket of himself tossing his jacket? We, Like I said, I made the comparison. It's like being in that 
hotel bathroom that has a mirror on either side, on either wall, and you look one way and you go to infinity, and you look the other way and you go to infinity. It's like some Buzz Lightyear stuff, to infinity and beyond. It's like, whoa, what's going on? Well, they've started this Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker. I want to give credit where it's due. So Syracuse now officially this year, with yesterday's win, is 5-0 and when Jim throws his jacket. He said he's got one with the carrier dome in it. He's now got the one with the liner inside of him throwing the jacket at Duke. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. First time it happened this year, they beat Colgate. It was a win, 65-45. 63-58, they beat Oakland. It was the second time he tossed the jacket. North Florida, they won 38-33. Uh, when it happened, they ended up winning 82-70. to uh, Against Virginia, at Virginia, the road game, 54-49 when it happened, 63-55 final score. Let me backtrack. Colgate, the final score was 70-54. It was 65-45 when he threw the jacket. And in the Oakland game, it was 63-58 to through the jacket. Ended up final score 74-62. to And then, of course... He throws the jacket yesterday. They win the game. And I believe it's, is it 3-0 and on the road? Or is it, you know, it's a couple of wins on the road, 3-0 and at home with the jacket toss happening. And they're going to track this for the rest of the season. I have to figure, what's the over-under on how many more for the rest of the year? Nick Ells? I'll give you seven. You give me seven more jacket tosses. Oh, no, sorry, seven total. So two more. S- seven total. Two more jacket tosses. Okay. I hadn't realized that it had been five times, Yeah, to oh, be yeah. honest with oh, yeah. you so far. Yep. And so I was kind of surprised. Wow, he's really done it that much. Am I like just getting used to it now? Or I, I don't know. It's always seemed to be like a, a punctuation. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> it, it punctuates whatever he's been trying to tell the team or whatever he's yelling at the refs. You know, it's it's the punctuation. The jacket toss is like the exclamation point. They they went on to say, Scoop, Himes Hocus Pocus Haberdashery is open on weekends, too. Uh, they went on to say, uh, wait, wait, where's, where's the funny line here? Hold on. Greensboro, uh, Greensboro, prepare yourself when you're looking ahead into March. <laughs> the tournament. Okay. It's like that. Uh Imagine Jim Beheim tossing his jacket line with photos of Jim Beheim tossing his jacket with photos of Jim Beheim tossing his jacket, <laughs> like you said, to infinity and beyond. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to more jacket tosses. Let's take our first break. We got to come back with some NBA stuff. Zion debuted, and it was pretty fantastic. And a guy named Stefan Marbury. There's something interesting happening with him that I want to bring to everybody's attention. If you don't know, Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Steely Dan is coming to the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater at Lakeview July 3rd. Listen to Brent Axe all week for your chance at a pair of tickets to see Steely Dan. So the much-hyped Zion debut was awesome. Lost the game against the Spurs, but man, did he did he look good or what? I mean, he dropped. He, he had like seventeen points in a three minute stretch at one point, I believe. Yeah, he dominated, especially in the second half and fourth quarter. Really, it was four for four from three. He played some minutes. He got in there, kind of shook the rust off a little bit. He's just a, a freak of nature, and he can shoot the three ball too. I mean, and he's going to get better and better and better. He's so young. And I think they got to load management him for a little while to ease him back in with some minutes. But overall, I mean, let's see what he did here. 
First Wait. rookie to score 17 points okay. in a quarter in their NBA debut since Jake Lehman had 17 points in the fourth quarter on November 1st of 2016. And then this dude tweeted at that stat because the Pelicans put that stat out. And he goes, yeah, thanks for putting Zion's debut in layman's terms. But um bum <laughs> I didn't write the dad joke. I'm just reporting it. Uh, he got more career threes now than Ben Simmons. <laughs> A lot of people have been talking about that. In five minutes, more career threes than Ben Simmons. 22 overall, 8 out of 11 field goals, 4 for 4, 3-pointers, 7 rebounds, 18 minutes. It was electric, and it lit Twitter on fire last night. It was it 22 total points, right? 22 total right. points for Zion Williamson. It's funny. I got a little bit of audio, though, from some other people that wanted to comment a little bit on Zion Williams. First, I'm going to start you out with uh, how he was introduced to the NBA because number one overall pick. We waited long enough. Rebound, Zion. Stick back in. There it is, New Orleans. The first career points. Here's Zion stepping back, pulling the trigger, and hitting it. Here's Zion for three. Hit it again. Zion for four for five. Welcome to the NBA! Yes, Ion. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Sportzilla Show, Nick Ailes. Did it live up to the hype? I mean, was ever anything ever going to live up to the ginormous expectations around Zion Williamson? I mean, I'm happy that he's back or that he's here and that he performs well. I hope he does, but I'm not looking forward to just day after day Zion coverage. Did you hear the narrative <laughs> that he was uh, a little fat? I, I did not hear that. I'm just laughing at Nick. It, like, it's just total rejection of the hype. He's like, nah. I'm sick of the hype, man. What What right now in sports of any kind has got you hyped? Like, if I brought that up, what would get you hyped? I don't know. I try to stay pretty chill. Right. I don't know. I would have to think about that for a second. He's I'll come e- back to you. He's even keeled. Do you ever get like fired up and yell at one of your buddies about something sports related? No, because most of my friends growing up weren't sports fans. I got you. So I would just yell at them for no reason. Yeah, I was want, want, want about something last night to Mrs. Ring at the house. And my daughter's standing next to me in the kitchen and she's over at the table. And then I look and she's not even like looking up at me, up at me. And I go, you don't really care about what I'm talking about. And then my daughter goes, yes, yeah, she does. No, yes, yeah, she does. I'm like, no, she doesn't. Yeah, she does. No, she really does. I go, what was I just saying? She's like, well, I was helping her with her homework. My other daughter was standing there. There you go. So, yeah, prove my point. In one ear, out the other. She didn't care. I got to stop getting so fired up about sports at my house. This fat narrative, though, that that he's literally people are calling him fat all over social media. He looks big. He looks like he's got to get in shape. Matt even chimed in on Twitter, the glue guy who's obviously in here with us sometimes. And he's like, yeah, but maybe he's kind of bulked up because you lose weight during the course of the season, especially when you're running and your minutes pick up and things like that, and you got to hydrate and replenish and all that. And they're they're figuring maybe they wanted him to have a few extra pounds to start so that as he loses the weight during the season, he'd be okay. I, I mean, I don't know what truth there is to that, but that's literally the conversation and dialogue oh I'm reading about this situation. Did some people go a little too deep on this? He had 22 points. Yeah. I think it's okay. It doesn't, okay. He showed up. He got 22 points. Everybody's also saying that, uh, oh, wait. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what everybody else is saying. I'm going to let Zion tell you okay. what he said. 
what sets him apart after his debut? I'm just unique. I'm one of one. There's really no comparison to me because I try to add every level to my game. Um, and my body, my body's just built different. You know, some people try to look at it as a weakness, but I look at it as a blessing because um, people aren't used to guarding this kind of size. Um, and I'm able to add a little finesse to my game so it has flavor. And I feel like I'm a playmaker so I can create for my teammates. And when I have to finish, I can go finish. He also believes his own hype. I'll give him that. I mean, that's a well-rounded basketball player if you listen to Zion. You get to that level of professional sports, you've got to have a chip uh, on your shoulder. you got to have a degree of self-confidence. And really, it's at a level, uh, self-confidence at a level that, you know, you and I don't walk around with. <laughs> no. no. You know, I mean, most people don't walk around with that. But he's got he's to make shots against NBA players now. You know, and he's got to feel good about himself. You can't succeed without that sort of self-confidence. He's in his first game, first year in the NBA, and he's better at that than I've ever been at anything in my entire life. Like, he's just, and he's going to get better and better and better and better. That's scary. It's a bright future for fans of the Pelicans, and they've got to be excited. You know, as Nick said, he's not super excited Maybe Nick would have been a little more excited if they would have actually won the game. No. I mean, no, maybe, I disagree. Maybe a, maybe it would have been a shade more excited. But like, the, we're getting all this. It is hype. We are getting all this hype. It's kind of you know, it was when he's coming back. When is he coming back? And now he's back, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's fantastic. Seventeen points in three minutes. Twenty-two points on the game. You know, is it gets a little uh, tiresome. The continual temperature taking. Nick Nick doesn't get overexcited about those things, only yelling (laughs) at his friends. I love it. Did you see the Lakers-Knicks at all last night, bro? Yeah, I did. It was closer than I thought. I know you're a Knicks fan like I am. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, closer than I thought. Did you think that LeBron disengaged near the end of the game? It was kind of like, eh. I mean, I would too. I don't think it was was full effort. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like they're good. He's like, Anthony Davis has got this. Pretty much. He's going to take care of it. You know, and he was, you know, he, he kind of, I think he helped Anthony out a little bit, too. You know, got, got him going. And, yeah. I, but, I mean, it was just like, yeah, whatever. They've seen me score 50 here before. No big deal. I think I got the Nets coming up. Man. I, I think it would have been, a, you know, there was that time where LeBron, you know, they were courting LeBron in New York. And remember all that? There was yeah. that thought, oh, his deal is up. We can get him to come to New York. You don't recall me jumping on there for a few and minutes going, oh, my God, it could happen. It was never going to so happen. So then when LeBron goes there, you know, with all that narrative going on, obviously he's a little more excited to play there. Now, years later, it's not the same thing. And this is the dog days of the NBA season. It's the grind. So he's going to save himself a little bit. It's the Knicks. You know, I don't I don't know that he's going to save himself the next time they play the Clippers. No, that's going to be a different story altogether. Yeah, I I mean there was a point in time where I'd get mad about it, but I did not expect the Knicks to beat the Lakers. There's a lot of games you look at the schedule, okay, they might. I mean, they win one out of every like eight games it feels like. But I'm like, yeah, this isn't the one they're going to win. So well, I, didn't get hyped. I adopted Knicks mentality. I was like, eh, I'm going to be chill about it. Is it 12 wins now for the Knicks? Do they have 12 wins? 
Well, they, they snuck up on me because it doesn't feel like it. it feels like they've won four games, but I think it is closer to 12. Because it's uh, they're doing like my Red Wings are doing, 12 wins. I mean, remember we were talking about this a while ago, yeah. and it was 11 wins. That, that feels like it was a month ago. Well, I got one more now, my Red Wings. I get excited every time they win, though, because there's so few and far between. You're like, all right, you got to win today. I'm going to enjoy this until the next one because it's going to be a while. Yeah, Nick's 12 and 33 right now. You know who Stephon Marbury is? Yeah, I know Stefan Marbury. You know Stefan Marbury is, yep. right? You yep. remember his Starberry shoes? Yep. Well, long time ago, like well over a decade ago, I actually had a chance and I interviewed him. He was he was going to Destiny, well, it's now Destiny USA, and there was a Stephen Berry's there. It was down in the basement, and you could get the Starberries for like seven ninety nine. A couple white and the blue ones, you get the low tops, the high tops. Really inexpensive, a decent sneaker, a more of a basketball shoe, obviously, and he a lot of that ended up going to charitable causes. He had a lot of, he's actually, Stefan Mar- Marbury in some ways misunderstood. He gave back quite a bit. There is a documentary called A Kid from Coney Island produced by Kevin Durant and Forrest Whitaker that's going to be coming out. Uh, all about that and his NBA career, some of the other issues he had, how he's moved on and he went and he played in China for a while in his early 30s, uh, almost through I think his late 30s, early 40. And he is like a national hero in China, won some championships over there, things like that. And he's an odd dude, but a fascinating documentary. There is, I believe it's on at ESPN Sports on Twitter. I think okay. I had the glue guy share that. But it's just fascinating, very interesting look at Stefan Marbury. I know people in Syracuse wore some Starberries because every time I would go there, they were just flying off the shelves, flying off the shelves. And he did a promotional appearance. Kind of a cool interview, though, too. It was interesting to talk some Knicks with him at that point in time. But uh, did you ever own a pair? No, I, I've had the Air Jordans. Yeah, you, I was an Air Jordans guy. <laughs> you know, I got the seven ninety nine Starberries. I had the blue ones with a little bit of orange and white on them. You? I think the most I've ever spent on shoes is eighty bucks. 80 so bucks. I'm going to take a pass. I know the glue guy told me that his dad actually used to get the Starberries all the time. He's kind of like them. They're comfortable, and they're only seven ninety nine. Yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, like, I'm trying to remember what I paid for the Air Jordans I had, but it was like something ridiculous, like 160 or 180 or a something. A mortgage like that. payment? No, I'm kidding. You know, but, but the ones I got, I loved. They were black with a little bit of red. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was sometime in the 90s, but, uh, you know, it, it was almost a conversation piece. You know, whenever I'd go anywhere, you know, somebody would, hey, nice Air Jordans, you know. And I don't think all of them have looked that nice. But those look, they get guys collecting these now who have closets full of Air Jordans. Isn't that crazy? There's people that buy the new Jordans every single year. If you walked in here in some J's right now, I'd be like, damn, Scoop, I like your J's. Can I just say one last thing to you before we go to break? If you have a tool sweatshirt on today, that is a rock band for those that do not know. Maynard James Keenan, lead singer of that band has Catacoos Cellars, his own vineyard in yeah. J- Jerome, Arizona. And it's some good stuff. I mean, go check it out. I've, I've tried it before. It's, have you really? It, See, I haven't had it. I would love to try it. Yeah, you're a few years back. But let me just tell you something. He's now stepped into the realm of gourmet coffees. Now, if I look at how good his wine is, and then I look at the fact that he's going to be doing some coffees, and you know how much I love coffee, I think I want to order some of that. Yeah, he's got a food truck and everything. Like, I watched the Sammy Hagar Guy Fieri thing with him, and uh, it's 
pretty amazing that you're able to grow grapes in the desert, for crying out loud. But he figured out a way to do it and is producing this award-winning wine now. You, just like you can do the wine tours here in, in you know New York State and Central New York, you can go down to Jerome, Arizona, same thing. You can go to Maynard's Vineyard. Maybe he'll have a coffee shop as an extension of that. There's a lot of rock musicians I've noticed that are putting out their own coffee. Shine down and corn's yep, got yep. corn has coffee that's actually pretty decent. I was able to try some of that too. It has nothing to do with sports. Remember, remember that band, the Toadies from Texas? They have a a coffee now. A the Toadies Texas pecan mm. coffee, and anything with the word pecan in it perks my interest. This is National Pie Day. Pecan pie, love it. So you've got musicians putting out their own beers and coffees. And you have athletes producing documentaries. That's what we've learned. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Going to come back and talk some NFL. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. You can be caller number five right now, 315-437-7644. That's the Burdick Toyota guest line, 315-437-7644. You call now when you're number five. You have a chance to win. It's a day after the big game office party from Dunkin' Donuts. So you basically are the hero of your office. You're registered to win coffee, bagels, and donuts. They'd be delivered by one of your favorite ESPN Syracuse hosts. Your office will run on Dunkin'. That's obviously brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts and ESPN Radio Syracuse. As football fans, I think we all fantasize about seeing our team in the Super Bowl and traveling to the game and immersing ourselves in that Super Bowl experience. I, I think it's a common thing. But I am looking at these ticket prices for the Super Bowl, and, boy, it really takes a lot of sheen off that fantasy, let me tell you. Well, it just it, can I just interject? It just completely eliminated my fantasy, because if you were paying attention and watching a Q-Sports talk on Twitch.tv where the mics are always hot... We just we, we had an issue with Nick and Tiffany in here, and I feel bad I was going to make it up to Nick by taking him to the Super Bowl, and then I saw the prices, man. You don't need to lie. <laughs> You're right. I'm totally lying. But that was kind of funny, right? I just think these prices are ridiculous. $6,232. He gave me stone face scoop. Yeah. Well, this is what I, it is. It, it, it's, it's the chill demeanor that is Nick Ailes. I mean, he just oozes cool. You wouldn't normally ooze cool, but he does it. Seat Geek, average seat, $6,232 scoop. You're killing me with that. Yeah, average, it's a $6,000 ticket. Wow. Now, look, It's. I start thinking about this. It's the Super Bowl. It's the best thing to watch on TV. It's the most watched TV show Every year, your refrigerator is right around the corner. Your bathroom is a couple of rooms away. You know, you know I mean, you're going to pay $6,000 to be a mile away and watch essentially the game on the big screen in the stadium. Yeah, I want to be as close as possible to the bathroom. I don't want to have to trudge through a stadium and all those people. And some of these tickets are like nineteen grand for the Super Bowl. The cheapest one on SeatGeek is 5719 after the fees. You could be near the 72 Club. That's the $19,605 $19, ticket that you're talking about. Do you see what the 22-person suite costs you? No. Uh, a third of a million dollars. $333,000. Wow, that is some high roll in there, man. 22 people. 
Can you imagine how cool you are, though, to be able to invite 21 people to come on, come sit in my suite at the Super Bowl? Well, isn't that what it's really all about? It's not about going to watch a football game. It's about telling your friends, well, I'm going to be in a suite for the Super Bowl or I'm going to the Super Bowl. I just don't think the actual experience of being there can any way live up or measure up to how cool it is to be on your couch with your Favorite pizza from your favorite pizza place. That you got to order four your hours before wings. you want it. Yeah, your chicken wings, whatever. You know, or you you make something. I t- how does it measure up to that when you've got these fantastic TVs that we all have at home now with incredible picture resolution, and you're going to sit in the top row of Jerry World or someplace a million miles away? I'm not going to lie, though. I wouldn't mind seeing the new stadium in Las Vegas because the Oakland Raiders – at one point, the Los Angeles Raiders, I think they went back to Oakland. They've bounced around a bit, but now they're moving to a different state, and they will be in Nevada, the Las Vegas Raiders scoop. The Raiders were born in Oakland and played 13 seasons in L.A. Both cities will always be part of our DNA. But we are now the Las Vegas Raiders. Sports Zilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop and Rain in studio with our buddy Nick Els hanging with us today. What else is happening in the world of football so we don't have to break down Super Bowl Sunday in Kansas City and San Francisco, at least until next week because of two weeks in between? Well, unfortunately, it comes back to A.B. once again. He is, I'm not going to say the word that I wrote down, but he's an attention Bleep. He really is. He's craving it. And, and by any means necessary, I think because he never got the love all season on the field, he needs that attention somehow. And he's doing it the wrong way. He's drawing negative attention. You know, kids do that. They just want your attention. So by any means necessary, they can't get the positive attention. They take the negative attention. Uh, there's been the videos that he's posted of himself. And now he's got the arrest warrant out for him now. And We've been documenting incidences with Antonio Brown all season. I mean, he's dominated the headlines, it's, and he hasn't really – he's barely played at all. This has gone on really longer than this season when you think about the Facebook Live from the Steelers' locker room. And, you know, there there were – things started to happen. and We just started to look at Antonio like, what's up with this guy? And now this year, he's just completely gone off the rails this – Whole thing with his uh, kids and uh, girlfriend. Are they married or what is it? I'm not even sure what the status of their relationship. You hear fiance, baby mama. You hear all sorts of descriptions. Depends on whatever he's spewing from one minute to the next. We got to get to break. Let me just share this message that she posted. Over the last few years, I have stood at the side of my children's father, Antonio Brown, and watch the rise and fall of an incredible man and athlete. Our children and I have distanced ourselves from him and our former home. Although we have parted ways, I wish him nothing. I wish nothing but the best for him. Unfortunately, it seems Antonio has made questionable choices and continues to ignore the advice of those who love and support him. At this point, the boys and I are working on building a new life free from any impulsive, reckless, and unhealthy behaviors. My hope is that Antonio will get help and seek the mental health treatment that he so desperately needs so that he can be the father all of his children need and deserve. Hashtag, that's her media response. Let that sink in for a minute. That sounds like someone who has tried to get him help. Yes. But has, she's banged her head against the wall so many times. I thought that was very eloquently said. Yes. And 
I, I want the guy to get help. So do I. I absolutely do. I want Delonte West to get help. You hate to see people that are once at the the pinnacle of their profession fall to places like this. Yes, it's entertaining, but it's also it's sad to watch somebody's life fall apart. Let's take the break. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. A little more NFL and a few other things next. Catch the Alan Griffin Show. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Verdict Ford and Verdict Toyota basketball pregame show. Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays prior to all SU basketball games all season long. Saturday they'll be on before Pittsburgh 11 to noon. You can start with the fact that he's a Manning but let me just tell you something. I think he still has the stats to back it up, not just because I'm a Giants fan, but let's be realistic. Eli Manning is going into the Hall of Fame, and it's probably going to be on the first ballot. Is he a Hall of Famer? Of course he is. Damian Woody will tell you. Listen, I think everyone can, can see the, the, the moments that Eli Manning put put together. When you beat you know the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, you're the Super Bowl MVP. You know, that, that's he's never missed a game. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's that's that's, that's incredible. You play in New York City, you're going to get the spotlight. So there's no deny he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. If he had some better teams as a Giants fan, I'll say that you would have saw something a little bit more than 117, 117 record wise when it was all said and done. Well, I think, look, he's got an obvious Hall of Fame career. We know that the team hasn't been that good around him but I just am baffled at the folks out there arguing against him going to Canton someday I mean you you beat that undefeated Patriots team which in and of itself should be uh, a springboard to get you in and, and beat them twice you, and, you completely took away the narrative that they are the greatest team ever because they didn't end up undefeated. I guess it's still the Miami Dolphins in 72. And that helmet catch is going to be one of the biggest plays uh, of all time in the NFL for a long time to come. Absolutely right. Freddie Kitchens, a former coach of, after one season, fired by your Cleveland Browns, a dumpster fire. I am terrified that he is going to now join the New York Giants staff. I've learned to go, okay, we'll see what what happens with Jason Garrett. I didn't want anything to do with him. But I can deal with that. You know what? Well, he, he doesn't scare me half as much as Freddie Kitchens. He made some horrible decisions from day one in Cleveland. Yes, he did. But that was as a head coach. Do you think and they he can was, keep him in check? Yeah, he, he's not going to be making some of those decisions. I, I think if uh, you want a guy to come up with some cool offensive wrinkles, and you know, I mean, he was good last year at the, creating this misdirection. And putting guys in the right place to to fool defenses. And then we thought we'd get more of that as Browns fans this year. And we didn't. And we got some baffling clock management. You know, you've got Nick Chubb and uh, and Hunt in the backfield. And they don't... Uh, Chubb should have won the NFL rushing title. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time you talk about Nick Chubb, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork in me, I'm toast. Uh, Jeff Darlington tweeted, the time I realize Eli is who we think he is, I'm at a hotel, Tiki Bar, Pro Bowl, Hawaii. Every player retreats to get ready for dinner. He returns 30 minutes later, hands $100 to each member of the bar staff. Great teammate, great person, Hall of Famer. Enjoy retirement. Number 10, Eli Manning. This is the Sportzilla Show, and I think we've got to get ready to get on the block 
with Brent Axe. Don't forget, he has Steely Dan tickets. So he's going to give those away. I'm sure he's got some analyzation of the Syracuse game. He'll break that down a little bit farther. And it's Thursday, so I think Thursday is the day that he talks to Jim Beheim. Ask him about Buddy's haircut acts. There you go. There's a tip. <laughs> Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. We'll see you tomorrow at 3.